GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. Welcome to My Vagina. This is Jesse Karen. And this is Rebecca Frank. And here we are again having our current historical, hysterical, and infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms. All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. And just kidding, fools, it's definitely researched. Hey guys, we got another review and we're really excited about it. Um... <laughs> it is titled fun and informative and it's five stars thank you and also uh the winner of my favorite handle han's friend luke (laughs) thank you for that star wars reference that's funny Jesse and Rebecca do an excellent job of packing their episodes with humor and research this podcast is a must listen for folks uh it says (laughs) f-o-l-x i like it i love that of all genders the ep Episode on Fosta Sesta is a particular favorite for its illumination on an important topic. How cool. Thanks, Han's friend Luke. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Han. You rock. Wow. Appreciate it. We're so famous. Okay. So, as you do know, I don't shave my legs, which we talked about in our body hair episode. Mm-hmm. And I went yesterday and got my legs waxed for the first time in for fucking ever. And before I went, I was thinking to myself that my waxing lady, Nora, is one of my longest relationships. <laughs> I've been going to her since 2007. So that's 12 years I've known her. So I hadn't gone in a while because I don't ever go into the city anymore and it's just like a fucking pain in the ass, but I refuse to go to anybody else mm-hmm. because I've known her for so long and she's like awesome. Um, so I go in yesterday and first of all, she saw me and got misty. She, Cute. she was so excited. Um, and so we go, I go into the room and, you know, she was like, go into whatever room number six or whatever it was. And so I go in and like, you know, take my socks and shoes off my jacket and my pants. And I'm like sitting on the table mm-hmm. and she walks in and, you know, I haven't, I mean, I don't even, I feel like I shaved at some point, I think maybe for our endometriosis event, because I was wearing a skirt mm-hmm. that wasn't that long. And I think that was in like October or November. Wait, it was you shaved long, your legs? That was the last time. Excuse me. It was a long time ago and for sure have not fucked with my bikini line at all. So I'm sitting in there on the table. She walks in and she oh goes, God. she looks at me and she goes, wow. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> but here's what's so great. I was like, I was like, oh my God, I know. And she was like, I haven't seen you in so long. And I was like, right, well. <laughs> It's true. And if you ever thought that I was cheating on you, take one look and right. you realize that for sure I wasn't. <laughs> Fucking Rapunzel down there. Seriously. <laughs> she had to take scissors to trim my pubic hair before she waxed That's it. amazing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She was like, no, don't apologize. It's yeah. fine. The last lady, so one time she'd gotten surgery on her knee. So I had to go see somebody else a while back before I was wearing, I was like, I was going to the beach or something. And this woman was like, like judgy McDudge face looking at my legs and all this stuff. And, and I was like, you know, and she's like, well, why don't you come more often? And I was like, because it's, I don't want to come all the way into uh, the city. Shame much. Excuse yeah. you. Oh, it gets so much better. She goes, do you have a boyfriend? And I was like, yeah. 
And she was like, is he European? And I was like, no, he's American. Bitch. And she was like, and he likes this. And I was like, yeah, he doesn't mind. She's like, he's lying to you. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, I couldn't Stay believe it. Stay in your lane, right? Bitch. Meanwhile, my lady's there with scissors. She's like clipping. We're talking about Hanukkah, you know, whatever. All of this stuff was like, do not apologize. It's totally fine. I just don't want it to hurt that much, oh my God. you know. And like that fucking asshole. Wow, can we? I want to like give her, send her body hair. I know, uh, send right? Her a body hair episode. Yeah, or shameful. I thought that you meant send her an envelope full of body hair. And I was like, also a genius idea. <laughs> I mean, instead of sending like glitter and envelopes, we should 100% just send pube hairs to yeah. sh- like shaming uh, waxers. Yeah, along with tampons to Mike Pence. Oh, yeah. So wonderful. I don't want him to have my DNA. Oh my God, that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> if you got someone pregnant, I would also want to know. Probably every newspaper would want to know because all of a sudden some dude's mouth would be pregnant. Oh my God, oh my God. you guys, stop it with the crazy jokes. Why do you care what he needs to know or not? You are the one who has to get this procedure. Pay for it. Wear the fucking pad with the big wings, okay? You think if he was pregnant, he would be worrying about you right now? No, he'd be trying to get that fucking thing out of his body. God damn it. You guys, we already live in a patriarchal society where a bunch of weird old white men in robes get to legislate our cunts. You just need to be worrying about yourself. And why are you looking at me like that, you little bitches? Everything you're saying is valid, but you are scaring my dick off. Um, do you have icebreakers for me? I sure that- do. Okay. Sorry. I was like, we don't need to break the eyes on. We don't. No. We don't have to. We don't I, have no, to. Do it. It's dealer's choice. Guys, we're on we're on the air with our producer of Morbid Out of Production. She's gonna talk about an abobo. <laughs> that is what I'm hundred percent what I call it. I know. <laughs> Did you steal it ever. from me? <laughs> Are you stealing my term how, for how dare you? <laughs> I am not stealing it. I would never do that well, to you. Because it one one hundred percent copyrighted by Caitlin. Listen, abortion is such an intense word. Right. And so I like to talk about it. I want to talk about it. Like, it's not a big deal. Like just a little, just a little bubble. I made it adorable. You sure <laughs> did. Going for a little, going for a vacay. <laughs> Manny Petty. Going to get Manny Petty. A little bubble. <laughs> it's a full day. <laughs> that is not the reality. <laughs> that is not what right. that experience is like. But I, if it's you like talk back. about it that way, mm. it kind of takes away the like sting. Yeah. You know, cause otherwise when people hear the word abortion, they just think of like a protest sign with a dead baby on it. So it's like, signs. Yeah, quick promo because all the, most of the information I have about abortion are from two things. Mm-hmm. One is this amazing co- podcast called Science Versus, where they did an episode on abortion, even though none of their sponsors would would pay for that episode. Really, Whoa. and they did it anyway. <gasps> Good for them. Science Versus. Yeah, it's great. They're at a gimlet, and they just basically they're like their tagline is there are a lot of opinion opinions about this about abortion and then there's science yeah <laughs> um but anyway that's a great episode just about some of the realities and studies and how the studies are done which is really important and then uh the other thing is reversing row which jesse and i know that one of the producers for that it's a netflix documentary it doesn't need promotion from me but everyone should go see it <laughs> because it's very informative and it's very unbiased i would say yeah yeah. really go into both sides yeah I to watch it it's been I, on my list yeah i just yeah. haven't like been able to sit myself down to watch it you know sometimes like there's a heavy thing you have to watch and you're mm-hmm. like i really it's like kind of how i felt honestly about nanette which i loved but like yeah no me too to actually be like i'm gonna go into this thing and i'm gonna have so many feelings and mm-hmm. i'm am i prepared for that 
Mm, especially really like hard. I don't know about you but I watch TV before I go to bed and it's like I don't want to do this whole ride before I go to bed mm-hmm. mm. I'm gonna rewatch Great British Baking Show oh, speaking about a bad bun in the oven there she goes there she goes oh segue master segue master <laughs> thank you thank you we're back to the abobo talk <laughs> Oh, yeah, the little bubble. It was underproved and a bad baby. Oh, you can't have an underproved. No. You can't have an underproved baby. There that's was for a sure. soggy bottom. It was not good. <laughs> no, not a soggy bottom. We're going to get canceled. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in charge of canceling you. So. <laughs> Whoop. Okay. Then let's talk about your, uh, the, you know, the abortion thing. See, it's weird saying it out loud. It really, right? I wanted to say a bobo, but I felt like I needed to ask you like with the real term. It's weird. It, like I even still considering I pretty much have told everyone I've ever met about it because I feel like that's really important. Yes. I, I like people to like, even if people who just met me walk away thinking like, that's the girl that told me about her abortion. Like I'm okay with that as yeah. being a part of my identity, but even like saying it out loud, it still gives me like shivers. I have a two part question. Yeah. Why do you think you should talk about it so much. And also it's weird for me to even consider you being shamed in any way because mm-hmm. of who you are. Mm-hmm. You're a very strong woman, but mm-hmm. I'm curious if you did get any of that. Um, You know, not in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe I just don't allow it. You know, I talk a lot. That's yeah. So maybe I don't give people room enough to shame me because I've already started talking about something else. I also am a little ditzy. So maybe I just don't even notice people shaming me. Maybe it's it's not even important enough. Like if I told somebody about my abortion and they gave me side eye or said something I didn't like, I've probably forgotten all about them. That's Because number one, they're not in my life. And number two, that opinion does not matter to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I probably just forgot because I'm not going to let it like... It's a genius survival tactic. Yeah, well, sometimes it's necessary, yeah. you know, particularly well, as a lady. I mean, the thing about it is, like, what do they think that's going to achieve? Because, like, it's not like you I can... I already got rid not, of that baby. Yeah, it's not like you, you can know? bring the baby back. <laughs> no. So, and even if it's not from a place of, like, wanting to make somebody feel bad, but, like, mm-hmm. but kind of, like, allowing yourself to react in that sort of a way, mm-hmm. the only actual effect of that is to make someone feel shitty. Mm. Yeah. One in three women have had an abortion. One in four. One in four now in the U.S. Uh, yeah, according the to have gone down. The numbers have gone down. It yes. decreased. Yes. What like two percent since 2013 to 2014? Which yeah, cool. So. I mean, I, and I think probably the reason for that that isn't discussed is uh, better access to birth control. I would hope. Yeah. I mean, we're at the lowest recorded rate since Roe v. Wade mm-hmm. was was put into place. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of the same with divorce, right? Divorce wasn't. Uh, like irreconcilable differences wasn't legal until mm, the fifties, right. which was the idea that you could get out of a marriage without the husband's um, doing it. Yeah, you know that women could get out of a marriage for something other than pressing criminal charges against her husband, and divorce rate went up, and it was fifty percent of the country is getting divorced, and now it's significantly less, right? Because I think people have better education about that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? I think also. To, to note here is that um, abortion rates have gone down, but this, these numbers are coming from, I mean, this is by the Guttmacher uh, Institute. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the I think the important thing here is that we also lost access to a lot of abortion clinics. Ah, and okay. so the reported abortions would be abortions that were done by reputable, by clinics that are, that uh, do the reporting, to, you know, like a Planned Parenthood or something mm-hmm. like that. And so this doesn't count the people, presumably this doesn't count the people that go elsewhere or that don't, just can't get access. So people who have unwanted pregnancies that can't 
choose. Well, yeah. state, states mm -hmm. also aren't required to report the data. There's no national requirement for data submission, mm. according so to the then, CDC. So then considering <laughs> how many abortions are actually reported, right? and right. there is an argument that there's possibly more than that, mm -hmm. one in four is still... A fuck ton of women. It, you know someone, yeah. you being a woman or a man or anywhere in between, you know someone who has had an abortion. Mm -hmm. You know, the breakdown of the type of women who get abortions is across religious lines. There are women who are of evangelical background who still get abortions and mm -hmm. is showing up in statistics. So we've been getting them for thousands of years and witches were giving them to us by, you know, brewing teas. I don't know. I talk about it because I feel like... Uh, Everyone is getting them and never talking about it. Mm -hmm. And that is internalizing your your trauma. Whether you're internalizing um, the guilt from getting one or you're internalizing that it, I mean, getting an abortion is not a good experience. It's it's an awful, shitty, terrible experience. I did not have fun yeah. getting one. I, nobody has fun getting one. And right. it's also incredibly difficult to make that decision. The idea, one of the most insulting things to me is the idea that the argument women use it as birth control. Like, that's not a fun way. No. There are plenty of fun ways to use birth control. I mean, <laughs> condoms make great balloons. That is not, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing in about an abortion that I am using as a backup plan. Like, yeah. it is yeah. shitty and terrible. Mm -hmm. And so, and and for whatever reason that, women either feel shame or feel like it's not appropriate or just don't want to talk about their abortion. Like not that women have to, but I feel like if more people talked about it comfortably, it would normalize itself. My hope is that I have this kind of funny reference to my abortion being in a bobo and telling about how fucking terrible it was. And just having this conversation about how my husband was super supportive of me and how my mom has always been someone to talk about her experience with abortion mm -hmm. as if it was like just a regular part of her life that a woman who is unable to talk about her experience mm -hmm. can just listen and be like, Oh, okay. Me like me too. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's just quietly being like, yeah, it's I like don't, the same thing with miscarriages. Exactly. It's the fact that we don't talk about it and people, internalized amount of responsibility or shame mm -hmm. or whatever for either of those things. Mm -hmm. But even if people don't want to participate in the conversation, the act of hearing it is something that makes people realize that they're not alone, that there are people that had the same experience that made the same decision, mm -hmm. maybe under different circumstances. And it makes it a little bit, I, I think that it, it fucks up the, it fucks up the argument from the other side you know, yeah. of all of the stuff that women cavalierly make these choices, that yeah. it's fun, that people, that women aren't educated, that they're using it as a form of birth control, that, yeah. you know, all of these different things. Yeah. Well, none of it's based in science or fact. Right. George Tiller, the woman who I believe works at his, and this was in Reversing Wade, oh. was a Colleen, Dr. Colleen McNichols, Nicholas. Mm. And she, oh, that's right. And she practices at like multiple. Uh, she goes clinics. to five different states. She yeah. like drives places because there's still seven. There's seven states that uh, only have one clinic. Yeah. And she went to the one of the legislation hearings, and she was like, "I need to talk about science and medical facts." And then mm -hmm. the other people who presented their case, one of the people asked them, "Oh, are you a doctor? Are you a physician?" Mm -hmm. And he was like, "No." Yeah. And they were like, mm -hmm. "Cool. Are you?" Like, do you have any back 
background in this. Mm-hmm. Just, no, yeah, during your yeah. just religious beliefs. I mean, and we have to th- like on that topic is like the fact that you have religious beliefs, and George Tiller was murdered in his church. You know, I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, I that's... mean, murder is only cool when we say it's cool. Right. Is what that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just you know the the cognitive dissonance. I think is just pretty miraculous. So I grew up in an area where the discussion around abortion was very much like, like I grew up in a school system where abstinence was our only form of birth control taught to us. Mm. Um, and uh, I grew up in kind of an immigrant community, uh, specifically Caribbean immigrant. Mm. So very, if not Catholic Pentecostal or Jehovah's witness. Um, so there was no discussion of sex in particular and abortion was murder. Did you go to public school? I did. Um, Fun. yeah, Florida public. Woo. Woof. <laughs> I learned more about queefing in, in sex ed because one kid asked about it than I did about anything else. Jesus. But that being said, I, about queefs. I mean, yeah, it was nice. That was nice. I have yeah. to say, uh, that being said, when I was learning sex ed in middle school, there were two girls in my grade who were pregnant. So it was kind of like, this is a little late. Uh, I went, I lived in an upper middle class mm-hmm. town, New Jersey, went to a public school there. It was a great school. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because taxes fund the school system. So high yeah. taxes, property taxes in New Jersey are crazy. Yeah. But you have to know, like, I remember talking to friends who went, were in schools in other towns and they had, you know, there were women in their grades that were pregnant and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. There was never a conversation about abortion in my in my mm-hmm. school. There was never a conversation really about premarital sex. Kind of the the good and the bad of growing up in like a low income area with uh, where everyone in your school is not white. Now, don't get me wrong. Everyone in my classes were white because of the way of like de, de facto segregation happens Jesus. where they put white students in honors classes. Oh my God. Yeah. But <sighs> to be fair, you know, I, that doesn't mean that I wasn't surrounded by this community. I know it's, it, I know I'm sorry. I don't want to bum everybody out, but it's, <laughs> well, we're talking about Florida, abortion. You know, yeah. come on guys. Um, anyway, being surrounded in that community, you know, the, the discussions of sex, like every 13 year old I was around had had sex mm-hmm. and knew all of the ins and outs. And also oh, the internet was around. So we knew like how to look up pornography. And so regardless of what the school was telling us and what, what our parents were telling us, everyone knew about it because it was happening in the school bathrooms um, and girls were getting pregnant and girls waters were breaking in school. This is middle school. Oh I should say. So it's like, now, abortion was never a conversation anybody had because when you get pregnant in Florida and you're under the age of 18, you have to get parental ex- consent. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these children are children of immigrants, at least in my area. Um, and their parents just weren't going to consent. I, and I think probably because of a fear of being reported. Yeah. Um, but oh, wow. Yeah. My experience and their experience were very different because I, my mother came from a very educated background. So she talked about sex and abortions as if it was very normal. Right. So I very much couldn't understand why everyone around me was so participating. Like I wasn't participating in sex in middle school, but everyone else was, but they like had the most inaccurate information, you Mm -hmm. know, like the boys were having sex with women, but thought that girls peed out of their butts. Well, that's true for me. You know, <laughs> I do sometimes pee out of my asshole. You should eat more fiber. <laughs> so I was a little bit isolated in that regard. 
And so I guess, so talking about abortion and sex has always been normal for me Mm -hmm. because at home with my single mother Mm -hmm. who was also very talkative and very boisterous and my mom does not give a fuck about anything. It's funny because we didn't talk about sex in my house really, but we talked about abortion. Like that was definitely, oh yeah, that was definitely something like, I feel like my family is... Uh, very political yes incredibly political and abortion is now on the yeah especially my mom i mean my dad more so now because Mm -hmm. he is so disgusted by what's happening but my mom um Mm -hmm. had chose to have an abortion in between me and my sister she wanted to have a third child and when they did genetic testing because they have to do uh testing because um on my dad's side we're jewish they always test for tay-sachs uh the child that she was going to have was going to have severe birth defects and all this other stuff. Um, and my mom had two kids already. I mm-hmm. think at like when I was five, when my sister was born, so I was probably three at the time, which would make my brother seven. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, it wasn't about not wanting this particular child. And mm-hmm. she was like, and honestly, if I, if this had been my first child, I might've chose differently, mm-hmm. but having two kids and realizing that like when me and your father die, our kids would be responsible. And that didn't feel like a choice that we were able to make for our children at that point. Mm -hmm. And like, these are the conversations that women have about these things. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, these are the things that we talk about. It's not, you know, sometimes it's just not, it's not the right time and you don't have the money and that's just as legitimate a reason. Absolutely. Um, But there are so many reasons why people don't want, don't want that child because my mom had another kid after the choice isn't even just for you it's about your entire family it is about everything yeah that's a good segue jesse into i'm really good at that today (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what about your abortion yeah my reproductive history is basically that uh as an adult woman in my 20s i was always in monogamous boring relationships and often in those relationships i would have unprotected sex and i wouldn't be on birth control because i am a, at risk of a uh, stroke because i get severe migraines and birth control even synthetic hormones make that worse for okay, me so you're at risk of a stroke if you if take if i'm birth on birth control, control. Okay. yes um and it also uh causes increased migraines and it um causes awful in and of itself yeah and it it just it's just it was never fun for me to take birth control and i've tried out six different kinds and they're like just wait a couple months and it'll get better never got better Mm -hmm. so my choice was if i'm going to be promiscuous i will either use condoms or if i'm in a monogamous relationship uh we will do what is called coitus interruptus (laughs) (laughs) which i'm sure everyone is familiar with and with them and i also uh, when i was about maybe 16 or 17 and i was having problems with my period my doctor suggested without doing any testing that maybe one of my ovaries didn't work because of the irre- <laughs> because of the irregularity of my period and then never tested it and that, i mean that's that within itself is another thing so i was convinced as a very young girl that i had one ovary that worked and then the other one my mom called the lazy ovary <laughs> you were like a cyclops yeah and so i just assumed that my fertility was going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got into my 20s and I was having unprotected sex with my committed in committed relationships where I was living with men, um, I wasn't getting pregnant and everything was fine. And I made it to 28 years old. And then I was living with my boyfriend who is now my husband and I got pregnant. So I don't know if he has like Superman sperm or what's going on there, but... Um, it was like, you know, it's just one of those things that happened. I was 
bartending. I didn't have any health insurance. Mm -hmm. I couldn't afford Obamacare. So I was paying the tax exemption with my tips because in New York, you make what, five bucks an hour? Now, being who I am and, and my background and also the support of my family, if I had had that child, everything would have been fine. Mm -hmm. And I probably would have stepped up and been a good mother and all of that. But it was my decision that for the betterment of my life, I did not want to have a baby. So after a long discussions with my partner who was like, whatever the fuck you want to do, I don't like all, if you want to have a family now, let's have a family. And if you don't, then Better. whatever you want to do. <laughs> right. He was like a full panic, like, like, I'm, I'm going to be a good person. What are they but... doing to Grassi? Like, how do I, you know, react to this? Um, and he was wonderful about it. And I, my, but he was just basically like, you're, you're going to do what you need to do and I'll be there. And then after getting on the phone with my mom, my mom just being like, she was just like, you can have this baby and you'll be fine and everything will be okay. And you'll be able to get a good job and like, don't worry about it. She goes, but if you don't want to have this baby, don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was like, do whatever the fuck you want. She was like, if you, wanna, if you want me to fly up there, mm -hmm. I will go to the clinic with you. Cause she's in Florida. I'm in New York. We'll get margaritas after. Like she was just like, do what's best for you. Yes. Which... I, I don't think most people have a mother like that. Mm -mm. I, I think most people, their mothers would be like, yeah, I'm a grandmother and not think about the life of their daughter. Right. Yeah. Not to blame moms, but it's just, they just come from a different generation. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, I mean, I've, I've accompanied three of my friends mm -hmm. who couldn't call, who didn't feel like they could call their moms. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. my, my boyfriend offered to go with me and I was like, I don't want to get you involved in this. Oh, situation. No. I, yeah, I couldn't tell you exactly what my reasoning was for going alone, except for that. I just felt like it was one of those things. You know how you like have to carry things on your own as a woman. <laughs> well, as a person, you know, you're like, whether it be like, it's a tough decision, whether it's like a breakup or a death of a loved one or whatever. Like sometimes you, I personally, like I got to do this on my own just to know that I'm strong enough to like stand up yeah. at the end. Yeah. And eh, maybe not everybody's like that. No, 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 no. I, I totally see that. And I, I get it. Um, and I, I think if that's your choice, then that's perfect. I The reason I asked that originally was because I know a lot of women who have gone on their own because they don't want to impose upon the man. Oh, that's true. I also don't like burdening people because I'm, yeah. And that, that bugs me. You know, like if you are like, I need to do this on my own because I can, that's obviously like, do it. No, but. it was more that but my wonderful, caring, sympathetic husband would have been so annoying. <laughs> like, are you okay, can I get you water? Do you want a cookie? And I just wanted to like sit and read a book and yeah. just be like, let's get through this, Caitlin. Let's have this day be over. Yeah. Um, so it was more like, it was more that I didn't want to take care of anyone else with me. Yeah. I like knew I could take care of myself and, you know. Oh, and I called my mom like four times that day because, you know, she's a baller. Yeah. Um, I took my friend when she was eight. I don't think she's ever told anybody to this day. We were like 18 years old and yeah. she had gotten pregnant. She was in college and didn't want to have a baby for numerous reasons. Of course. And she was like, what do I do? And I wound up finding her an abortion clinic mm -hmm. in Jersey. And then we went and she, uh, we just like basically sat, I held her hand and we sat in silence mm -hmm. and then she came out and they told me what happened. She told me what happened and it was like kind of, not great. It's, it's like awful. it's like emotional terrorism. Yeah. No, it, it truly is. I do want to say though, I did have I definitely had support around me from my mom. And I also, because of the person I am, I told it I was at work at the bar telling everybody I was pregnant yeah. and I was going to get no bobo. 
<laughs> so I worked with a bunch of women who were my age, who were 25, one of which had had an abortion. My manager, I was lucky enough, was a woman who had just been through a miscarriage mm. and was so supportive and gave me all the time that I needed off and yeah. like even offered me pain medication because she was like, girl, it's going to be rough. I mean, <sighs> I... I was supported because I was vocal about it. Yeah. I believe that because I looked around at the people I worked with and was like, Hey, do you guys want to know what's going on in my life? Yeah. Um, that they chose to open up to me and be there for me. And if they weren't, I probably, I don't know. I would have maybe ignored them or walked away or whatever. But I yeah. was like, I was looking for support. I found it. Yeah. So that was great. And that, but that's the thing about being in New York. Yeah, exactly. It was a privilege in the, in the sense of the community I was in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it was a liberal community. Yeah. So it was easier. That's yeah. why it was free at Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. That's why I was able to take off of work. Yeah. That's why I was in a relationship with a man who didn't have any problems with it. It's why this, these are all the reasons why it was a lot easier for me. Mm -hmm. And, but that being said, <laughs> even when it's super easy to get one, it sucks. Yeah. Um, so my experience was basically, I, I went to the Planned Parenthood. You have to make an appointment for counseling, um, where they discuss your options. Um, and the people who work at the Planned Parenthood in Chelsea are so wonderful because they're super supportive of yeah. like whatever decision you want to make. People that work there are wonderful. The process itself, I think because of regulatory stuff tends to be kind of awful, but so you go there the first day, you talk about what your options are and you kind of make a decision. And I, because it was early enough, I had made a decision to take the pill. Okay. I had had friends who had had the procedure, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't have any friends who had taken the, the pill. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's where I went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? You're, you only know what the physician is telling you. And it seems easier to take a pill than. Oh, yeah. Than to go, than to go into surgery. Right. Mm -hmm. And this the emotional terrorism that you're talking about is that you're in a waiting room with a bunch of other young women and we're all fucking not happy <laughs> mm -hmm. you know and and also being pregnant is misery mm -hmm. yeah i don't ever want to do it. it i i was i mean and it, it's like you know i don't have to explain to the world what what it's like to be a pregnant woman because i think we see it on tv enough but like no i the, don't think people know the extent of it at all yeah, the sickness it, the misery the i was exhausted Mm -hmm. every moment of every day was like a struggle to move because I was sore. I was exhausted. I was nauseous. I was angry at everyone around me. My hormones were out of control, splitting migraines. And it was like, I just wanted a break all the time. I woke up every 24 seven. I was, uh, there was nothing that would make this just general like body decomposition go away. Ugh. And, and my reaction to that was like, who wants to do this for nine months? It seems <laughs> terrible. And who does it? And then does it again? Uh, I know. Well, and what my mom told me is that she had a similar experience. And after the first trimester, it was over for her. She's had two children. So she was like, yeah, it's tough for the first three months and then it's, yeah. and then it's okay. And yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, when I do decide to have children now, I know that it's going to be, I'm going to take three a months. long beach vacation yep. for that first trimester. Cause mm -hmm. it's going to be rough. But anyway, um, so you're in this waiting room and then you got to go do the ultrasound. So they make you put on a hospital gown. They do a pelvic test. Uh, they've taken blood because they have to do an STD panel. 
Um, and then they get out the little ultrasound machine. And unlike in some states where they show you the ultrasound, they don't in New York. But they're still doing an ultrasound and looking at a screen. And the screen is like beep, 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 beep. So, you know, what? if you're smart enough to know what that is, you know, it's like a heartbeat or whatever. That sucked. Then you're like covered in goop because they've used yeah. goop to like do the pelvic exam. So, and you're in a hospital gown with your little underwear on and you're like, you know, we've all, all the women in this room, we've had periods. It's not nice to be goopy. No, no, it's and terrible then, being goopy. And your belly is goopy because you've just yeah. been gooped for the ultrasound. And you're in a <laughs> hospital gown with no back. You're naked with your little slippers on. And then they send you back out into another waiting room no. with 20 other women all in the same outfit. <laughs> and all goopy. <laughs> all goopy. We don't have our phones with us. The only thing is this like tube television playing Maury, you know, and no. we're just like, look, it felt, I felt like honestly, and then so and they're just they're doing the same procedure they're cycling women in to do the ultrasound whether it's for their for a checkup because they want to maintain their pregnancy or because they're having an abortion of either type or for anything like and i felt like cattle oh no it was like not cool and and as much as the staff was as wonderful and accommodating they were overloaded and they did it as efficiently as possible and it was almost like you know these moments where they have to read a script where it's like you know abortion can cause breast cancer when it won't and you know and then they read through it like with the most emotionless tone because they don't want to do it that they're reading are not true Um, anyway, so you're in this waiting room and then finally I went in, uh, with like a physician's assistant and, uh, she gave me one pill, which I took there in front of her. And that pill she explained to me is what, uh, terminates the pregnancy essentially. Um, it kills the baby. Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um and it's a hormonal thing it's just basically the body kind of kills the baby from what i understand the lump of tissue because the lump of tissue at that point yeah i mean i think people avoid calling it a baby because it's this like fear this stigma the language killed the baby like is so terrible and people avoid it and people are like you know, I didn't have an abortion. I got rid of a lump of tissue or I didn't, I had an induced miscarriage or whatever. And they're like, they don't want to say that because the fear of that means they're a bad person. Yeah. Now I'm not a bad person for what I did. No, I don't know. It's hard. There's a, cause there's a lot of people who could argue like, you know, it was selfish and it's murder and this just kind of come in and morality police me. But like, it was the best decision for my life and for my family that I'm going to have. First of all, I don't like the policing of language from either side. Yeah. If, if for you, it's a matter of the way that you think about it is mm-hmm. to say, I took this pill, which killed the baby. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But it's like the fear that the left has that by using that language, you further weaponize the experience, like what Jesse was saying, and yeah. put it into the hands of like this religious, right, fucking crazy army of people who will kill people who already have a life, but yes. who, but will shit on people for making the best choice for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do have to be careful with the language that we use in terms yeah, of, no, of how you. it how it uh, disempowers or scares or threatens other people. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I kind of feel like, you know what? Like we should use whatever fucking language we want. And maybe mm-hmm. if the science doesn't say like, maybe it's like, maybe it's it's fetal tissue, so it's mm-hmm. not a baby yet, but it was on its way to being one. And so if, I, you, if that language is what you want to use, like yeah. fuck the right. And yeah. I, I mean, I don't believe that it was a baby and science shows that it was at the point where it didn't even have pain receptors. So yeah. it wasn't even like at the point where it had any kind of just like right. the, what we would notify as being a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think part of the reason I say it like that is because not saying that I killed the potential of what would be a child Mm -hmm. is and saying like, Oh, it's a lump of tissue or like, I think implies that maybe I don't understand the brevity of my decision. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's fair. And I think that women are, particularly from the right or particularly from, from pro pro life are treated like well, women don't know what they're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Like they're only doing this because they think for whatever, for whatever silly reason they give us about us and being uneducated or like, we're so ditzy that we just, you know, like, Oh, we're just, I'm just trying to get through life. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. I knew what I was doing. I understand consequences. I'm a full grown adult. I knew what I was doing and, and it wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where it's coming from is yep. this like, like come at me with your accusations of murder. Like I understand what you're saying. I mean, again, call it whatever you want, but for me, it's not murder. And, and I no, and I don't think it is. I just, yeah, because that's, the, that's the thing that bothers me about um, that side of the argument where they're talking about like, what's in the womb? When does life start? And it, mm-hmm. it varies from religion to religion. It's like, this is what happens when you have women's health always determined by a panel of white men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what happens. What is the value in life? And that's what I feel about people who are like, you're a murderer. I'm like, you don't value life either. You want the death penalty. You want people to have guns. You're totally cool yeah. with like killing unarmed black men. Like, what are you calling me? Like, come on. And you don't care about the baby once it's fucking born. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Like, once it's like, born, it's out of their hands. They don't give a shit. It's, it's like while you're putting up all of these, uh, while you're putting up all of these walls for women to get the care that they need and that they make the decision to get because it's what's right for them. Mm -hmm. You're also defunding any program that would give them help in the first place because the reality of it, I mean, there's a few different things. First of all, nobody wants abortions to happen. Like nobody's like, yay abortions. We want to live in a world where, where there are no unwanted pregnancies. That would be incredible. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is like, there are some women who want to keep their baby and they can't. Because yeah. because there's not enough social services, because there's yeah. not because the schools are too expensive, because they have to work too hard because one income isn't enough or childcare is too much. Yeah. And like, what about them? What mm-hmm. about putting policies into place that would help the women that want to have the babies but can't? Mm-hmm. Because the same people who don't want them to get abortions also don't want them to have access to childcare. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what do you expect? We're not magicians. I felt like it was almost... Um translated to me that women who get abortions won't be good mothers or don't want to be mothers or don't want to have kids like that. Those things are synonymous mm-hmm. and I a hundred percent want to have children and I think I will be a wonderful mother. And I in fact think I will be a better mother because I've had an abortion mm-hmm. um, because my mom did and her ability to get an abortion means that she was able to have me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she was ready, my decision to have an abortion really challenged whether or not like, do I really want to be a mom or am I just making this because like I'm selfish Mm -hmm. because I felt like that was what was imposed upon me. And at the end of it, I was like, no, this is going to make me, I'll be more prepared, Mm -hmm. you know? And the experience of having an abortion sucked so bad that I actually was depressed for a full year for, for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot of literature online that I read that is was um, that at the time I fully believed that apparently is backed by uh, religious com- organizations that has to do with how abortion causes depression. It doesn't. Um, but for me, that experience was a catalyst to recognize that I do have it or that I did at the time. And I was able to 
now not now without a child, right? And now in a healthier relationship with someone who supports me, I'm now able to go to therapy and address what my depression and anxiety is mm-hmm. and therefore be a better parent. Mm-hmm. Because imagine if I was in a deep destructive depression, drinking and working in a bar, what kind of life would that child have had? Mm-hmm. And especially when we consider that like postpartum isn't something that's actually accepted by a lot of people no. as like, a reality. And so, you know, if you're already going into something and, you know, you have un unrecognized and untreated mental health problems, you yeah. know, depression, anxiety, whatever. And then you have a kid and maybe that's maybe that's then compounded by yeah by the fact that our society doesn't al- doesn't believe in the idea of a fourth trimester or a fifth trimester and thinking about or that paternity or but like fuck, thinking about man. the afterbirth process and that and that childbirth is the second most the second most traumatic thing that can happen to your body after a gunshot wound and care for a newborn <laughs> all is of it m- more work than any job mm-hmm. and it's like you're supposed to just go right back to what you were doing before, after your body has, just after the physical, just after you've been ripped apart physically, and then, and are taking care of a life. And you're just, and you're not supposed to have any deep feelings about any of that because- And and I do think that we are taught that as, when you become a mother, you sacrifice your entire identity to become Mm -hmm. a mother. Mm -hmm. And I, one, I don't think that's true. I don't think it should be true. No, and I, I, You know, I I definitely think that having children means changing your life for the betterment of them, but it doesn't mean sacrificing your identity so that everything you do is about your child. Mm -hmm. I think you're capable of doing things for yourself and it's better for them in the long run if you're, if you have your own identity. Yeah. If I had my own child, I would want them to see me having my own life because I want them to have theirs. Right. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, we I'm digressing were, a little bit. We were in the room and you were covered in goop. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. So they gave me the first pill, which does essentially, it, you know, it terminates a pregnancy, but it does essentially nothing to you physically. Like as in you don't feel anything. Um, and then they send you home. Uh, and then 24 hours later, you take another pill that you dissolve under your tongue. Um, I was sitting on the couch watching TV and, uh, and dissolved this pill. And I was home alone. And within an hour... I started bleeding a lot because the pill is an induced miscarriage essentially. And so there's an argument there that uh, the procedure with the vacuum, which seems more invasive actually isn't more Mm -hmm. invasive that the pill is incredibly, it's incredibly painful and they don't give you pain medication. So women who go through miscarriages tend to be hospitalized Mm -hmm. and are given pain medication and are given blood and, but this pill that they give you, um, you basically are supposed to like deal with it on your own at home. They did give me anti-nausea medication. Uh, all that did was made me very loopy. And then at one point, I was in so much pain, I called my husband and made him come home because I thought I had to go to the hospital because I had never been in that much pain in my life. And I ended up crawling to the from one side of the apartment to where the bathroom was, getting in the bathtub and passing out from the pain. Jesus. Bleeding like, yeah, like blood clots like whole yeah, bags of tissue pass all of that stuff because you yeah it's what that is yeah, i yeah, mean yeah. it's it's a miscarriage mm-hmm. you know and we we avoid these words right like we don't want to say kill it we don't want to say miscarriage but that's what i was having mm-hmm. 
I actually felt guilty about wanting to go to the hospital or wanting to have pain meds because I was like, why well, I made this decision. Oh my God. <laughs> I get that. Though. I also didn't have healthcare. So it was a little right. bit like this could cost me tens of thousands of dollars if I go to the hospital. So, um, Still cheaper than a baby. Right. Significantly. Yes. My husband got home and the next 24 hours for for me were pretty much the same. It was just a lot of me sleeping and being in extreme pain. And then it was over. And then it was just like a bad period. And I wish of all the things that they had told me about, but you know, birth control or not birth control, abortions cause breast cancer. Of all the things that they told me, nobody told me it was going to be that painful. Let a girl know. Yeah. Because let me tell you, I would have had an ice pack ready. Somebody would have been home to talk me through it. Like there would have been a abortion doula in my house. Do they have those? No, but they should. They should fucking have those. Because I needed it. And I was really angry about that for a long time. Because I was like, why? Because I knew that every woman in that waiting room with me didn't get pain medication and had to go home to whatever circumstance they had going on. Mm -hmm. And mine was fucking cushy and nice. But a lot of women in that room with me were not going home to something cushy and nice and would have had to go to work the next day. And to the idea that they didn't have what they needed to get through that, like, fuck, man. It's, I mean, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but that being said, like the idea that we make these choices casually Right. You know? Right. It's offensive. Yeah. Honestly. There was a part of me that was like, I deserve this pain. Right. And I get that too. You get it, right? And it's also not that moment where you can say like, we made this poor decision. Like, you know, and I mean poor decision in quotes, like to not use birth control or whatever, because even doesn't matter how supportive your partner is, you're still going through it alone. Because like, even if they're there next to you, even if they're holding your hand, even if they're there for all of us, they're mopping the sweat, the blood, whatever they're doing, you're Mm -hmm. still going through it alone because that's your own physical experience that you're having. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, women bear all of this. Yeah. Like we bear all of it. (laughs) And that's really upsetting. Give them pain pills, man. <laughs> question. Or just keep them there. Just keep them did, there until it's over. You did know? you have to go in to make sure that everything had been flushed out? Mm, because no. things can like, because I know no. if you have a miscarriage, you speak with, and you had a miscarriage yeah. ultimately, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're supposed to go back in and ki- to make sure and to get a checkup to make sure all of that tissue has been flushed out. Cause if, if your body doesn't take care of it, you could, yeah. you could suffer some severe health risks. Yeah. So there's lots of legislation that l- points of, of obstacle, right. That prevents you from actually getting the abortion. But once you have it, they don't care about taking care of you. Yeah. Essentially. Not that I'm sure I could have gone back to the beautiful Chelsea Planned Parenthood yeah. and they would have seen me for free and told me I was fine, mm-hmm. but that would have involved you know, it wasn't set up that way. Right. Yeah. There's no um, like come back in and w- let's check on you, which is insane yeah. to me that such yeah. a big thing like that, or even the procedure, you know, you come back in after almost every procedure to see how you are. Yeah. yeah. Even a low risk one. And I mean, I go back to my dermatologist when they cut moles off. Yeah. <laughs> I have health insurance now, you guys. I use it like crazy. <laughs> my suggestion to any woman out there who wants to get an abortion like, first off, go you for making your decision. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Live your life. Mm-hmm. Get the procedure. The yeah. mail is terrible. Yeah. That's <laughs> so bad. But do what you got to do, you know? Yeah. Um, But if you have the choice. Yeah. Oh, man. 
And it's the same Choice thing, guys. Like it's not it's, it's not thing. making it any. There's no less more or less morality, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the end the end is the same. I do have one more th- the only thing I wanted to say is that because of what I went through, because of my partner coming home and seeing me go through it. <laughs> Sunday bloody Sunday. Um <laughs> He immediately, and knowing that I wasn't going to be able to go back on birth control and knowing my, my basically my reproductive health, he immediately went out and got a vasectomy. Yep. <laughs> wow. And it, yep. it uh, cause he's wonderful. Yes. And it was easy for him. It mm-hmm. was almost painless. It's reversible. it's reversible. And when he had like a little ice pack on his balls and I was like very caretakery, like, can I get you anything? Can I whatever? He was like, after what you went through, yeah. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So Ooh. men out there who don't want to have kids right now, just Listen. get a little snippy snip. It cost him $22 in copay. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. I am not kidding. Can I am I, so mad. Can I also just add on to that? Yeah. Is that in so many, so many things that I've read when women have C-sections, if they have a number of kids, a lot of times doctors will ask them if they want to have their tubes tied while they're already in mm-hmm. there. And it's like the doctors are never asking the dude if he wants to have a vasectomy, mm-hmm. nope, they never ask that because because there's and it's so it's much so more easy. It's, it's so much easier. It's so He's much less. In, it's so much less invasive. And like, and for some reason, like men, I mean, you see dudes with their dogs and they still refuse to get yes, the balls yes, yes, cut yes, off, yes. or they get fake balls. I think it's because the same their manhood thing. is so yeah. associated with that, and women have to suffer in silence for like whatever, however they might feel about like fertility issues mm-hmm. or in order to protect the pride of their man, mm. they go through a fucking invasive procedure. Um, also, I'm pro snip, snip. Yep. Cause then y'all don't have to make a decision. Pro right. choice, pro snip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Changing it, we're adding an option. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. First of all, thank you, Caitlin. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Second of all, do you want to? You know, I love thro- talking. Throw more banana at us a little bit. Sure. Throw a banana. Well, you guys live on more banana. We I do. I do live here. Which is, um, it's funny that I like to tell my story and be so vocal, and I basically invented a thing that enables other women to do that. But uh, more, more banana is <laughs> more banana is a uh, a network that is owned, operated, produced by women. Only. I like how she says it like it's not hers. I know. <laughs> I've have founded it. Yes. <laughs> I I don't always feel like I'm in charge of it though because everybody kind of works collaboratively. Yeah. Well, it's fine. I'll give you props. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, the I, the idea of the network basically is to create a safe space for women to make the shows, the podcasts that they want to make, mm. um, and to be creative in the way that they want to be creative. That doesn't involve going into a recording studio that is uh, where the audio engineer is a dude and the producer is a dude and the editor is a dude. And so when they want to talk about their vagina, like you guys, or if they want to talk about their views on Frasier, or if they want to talk about their experience with the Tinder, whatever they want to talk about, they don't feel like it's being recorded, produced and edited by dudes. So you guys should support us because right now I'm pretty sure this is the only women run and operated podcasting network. There are a few that have been founded or in production, but we're the only one with content. We're the only ones with content. But Reese Witherspoon just founded a new network that's going to be women centric podcasts. And 
Listen, there's plenty of room for mm-hmm. man-centric well, networks, yeah. so I am all about it. Mm-hmm. More room. Reese yeah. baby, call me. Let's have a party. <laughs> Reese baby. I want to celebrate you. For sure. <laughs> I feel like I'm supposed to ask you if this is what you want. I mean, you know, as your husband. Yeah. It's not the right time. Not the right baby. Oh, my God. Guess what it is? It's almost Valentine's Day, guys. It's almost Valentine's it's almost, Day. It's so close. It's so close. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with your um self? <laughs> <laughs> Said the single girl. <laughs> I'm going to be in New Orleans. Yeah? Oh my God, it's going to be so nice. With your beau. Yeah, and my sister and his sister. True. In a giant house. I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to take a bubble bath in your bathtub with yeah. Goose. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So in honor of uh, Valentine's Day, the silliest holiday, we thought we would do some pickup lines. Bad pickup lines. Bad ones. Bad pickup lines. I mean, lines. May- maybe somebody can use this. And yeah. If it, ho- actually, somebody use this and tell me if it works. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it works, write us an email. Welcome to my vagina at gmail.com with oh, the title, Successful Bad Pickup Line. Mm-hmm. We'll read it. Go for it. Um, is your mom a chicken? Because you're excellent. <laughs> wow. That's like the dad joke of pickup lines. That's crazy. All right. Are you a parking ticket? Because you've got fine written all over you. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I love that one. Oh, I actually felt like you were hitting on me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you should be called Wi-Fi because I'm starting to feel a real connection. Wow. Do you have a name or can I call you mine? No. Addicted to yes, allergic to no. What do you say? Oh, that's that's bad. I'm gonna do another one because that yeah. one made me actually yeah. gag. No, that's not good. Are you Adele? Because you got me at hello. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Hey, Jesse, mm. have you been covered in bees recently? Oh my god! No. I just assumed because you look sweeter than honey. <laughs> I picked that one because there was a picture of bees and I was like, is it about gall gall wasps? Is it about gall wasps? Because if so, fucking yes. You must be an orphanage because I need to give you a couple of kids. Oh, what the fuck? No, dude. No, don't use that one. You will get slapped. Yeah. And if no one slaps you, I will come here and we'll do it. We'll fucking do it. Like, fuck that shit. Do you like plums? How about Uh, a date? I was going to answer. I was like, I do actually like plums. <laughs> yeah. You must be made of cheese because you're looking Gouda tonight. <laughs> I've heard that one. I like that I like one. I love cheese. This one, this one might actually get me. <laughs> uh, you must have 11 protons because you're sodium fine girl. Oh, that's that good. That would get me. I that's think that would get me. pickup line. <laughs> science pickup line for the win. Oh, this would be, this would get me. Wow. Don't tell me if you want me to take you out to dinner. Just smile for yes or do a backflip somersault counter spin gymnastics combination <laughs> for no. <laughs> Holy shit. That You'd see would me like get you. fucking cartwheeling all over the place. Oh my God. Yeah. Rebecca would swoon hard on that one. Mm-hmm. Hey, my name's Microsoft. Can I crash at your place tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> you must be French because madame. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one I'm leaving it on. Okay. Cause it's for you. Kiss me if I'm wrong, but dinosaurs still exist. Oh right? my, oh my <laughs> God. Like, Get oh out of my, my face. <laughs> Get on me right now. <laughs> Thank 
Thank you for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. (laughs) On your really healthy vaginal discharge. (laughs) Uh, We really want to hear from you, so please email us at welcometomyvagina at gmail.com. Please review us. Please give us stars. Yeah. Yeah, on anywhere you listen to us. iTunes, Stitcher. Check out Jessie's videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Review her there. Subscribe. Yes. Like stuff. Yes, subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. Also, check out our Instagram uh, because we're killing it uh, mm-hmm. at Welcome to My Vagina. And follow us on Twitter at Welcome to My Vag. Don't forget to check out Rebecca's awesome writing at FranklyRebecca.com. And now you can even see blogs by multitude of people at the blog tab on uh, Welcome to My Vagina HQ. (laughs) Go to welcometomyvagina.com, click on blogs, and we have some really, really, really awesome stuff out now. We do. Really awesome. We're also still looking for more writers. Ask your friends. Yeah, get involved. Yeah. We we really want to hear from you. We want different point of views. Give them to us. Give them to us. Give them to us. And our great producer who's creepily appeared over my shoulder. (laughs) 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 Um, And so check out, uh, so we wanted to give a big thanks to our producer, Kate, and uh, check out all the other awesome podcasts that are being produced at More Banana. Yeah, like There Will Be Porn, World Stealers. Frau Pow. Yeah. Um, Uh, Just Listening. Awkward Sex in the City with Natalie Wall. Also listen to I'm Listening with Anita Flores. Anyway. Bye. See you next Tuesday. That's right. (laughs) Talmor, Sheshin Mugachi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My gran says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts.